On this week's Superhero Show show, we'll find out if the Supergirl finale stuck the landing, even though it wasn't planned, who will replace Ruby Rose after the Batwoman finale, we'll decide, and who had the stronger debut, Stargirl or Snowpiercer. All of that and more on the Superhero Show show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I'll be the host of today's episode, and I'm here to lead us and guide us through this land of comic book TV. And when I say lead, I mean more of, I mean lead in the managerial sense, in that I'm not really going to do any work, I'm here to just supervise. So I brought some friends along to do the actual work, all the hard work for me. And uh, my first friend and contender for Employee of the Month is Ryan. Uh, I do, Cassie. I got to say that um, that thing that you're wearing, um, that's like sort of like a hat, like the bill oh. of a hat, but with no top on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to say that's that's a really supervisor that you've Thank got. Thank you. Yeah. No that, it, and I did do. I do you like how I went with the see through one? I went with like the poker vibe, so you know I'm a fun. I'm a fun supervisor. Yeah, man. Like there was a time where if you're gonna play poker, you got to have that see through green visor going. Got to. And of course, got to have another employee. One employee can't carry the whole company. I have Mike as well. I also like how the the Cobra staff you're holding has its own little cape with a cobra on it, so you're also a super vizier. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, the fancy title. I do approve of that. Thank you. That is a point towards Employee of the Month for you. Thank you. I also, I I love, too, how you are, um, uh, you're being like Clark Kent, uh, but like in the garage, um, holding things very tightly like clamping them like you are a super vicer doing that right now all right right. i didn't i didn't like that one that's a negative point towards employee of the month i'm not enjoying that vibe i like it more when it is a compliment towards me and not superman thank you but let me just say that (laughs) fuck superman hey straight up fuck that guy if i went twice in a row and mike didn't stink it up in the middle then i probably it probably would have you probably would have loved it but mike fucked it up Oh, it's Stink all... it up. Everybody loves references to Jafar's job. Mm-hmm. And I love a good cane. That's just, he just knows that about me. I love that. Yeah, she's like, why am I putting all this pressure on two limbs when I could have a third artificial limb to also lean on a little? Yeah. Not to, not to uh, just like, you know, dive into the conversation of today's show because I know we just like to fuck Impossible. around for Don't no reason. It. Impossible. But if you guys did have a cane, do you want it to sort of be a little sentient, have a personality? Would you prefer that? Oh, yeah. I, I want it to be able to, like, quip. I don't want a cake cane. I don't want it to think it can quip, but it really just snarls and has uh, no personality. But, yeah, I'd, I'd like it to, like, it doesn't need a voice, but it could, like, bob and weave. Bob and weave, yeah. <laughs> you will allow a bob and a weave? I would love one that has a full-on personality. Like, I am, a, I am a fan of that cane that is basically a dog, and I do want this little dog cane to just, like, entertain me whenever I want, but then also fight my battles. Love everything about that. The latest run of Silver Surfer Comics, uh, his surfboard just got a personality, and they named it To Me. That's his board's name because in the old days he would always say To Me, my board, and so they took it as To Me, my board. How are you? 
I do like if if you're around long enough in the Marvel universe, somebody's gonna look around and be like, "Bet that thing has a personality." That Danger Room got a personality like 15 years yeah. ago. Like, I'm sure Mjolnir will have one soon. Oh, that, oh. he's gonna be a bitch. He's oh, gonna be he's gonna such. Be an asshole. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't think there was anything like I didn't think Thor Ragnarok could be topped. But if they in the next one, if Mjolnir has a little sassy attitude, that is what it's need. What will do it? I mean. Like, let's be honest, Doctor Strange was an okay movie, and then there was the cape, right? Like, the cape mm-hmm. was the star of the movie. Yeah. The magic carpet. That's in. That's what it. Give, give more inanimate objects a personality. That is what I. In 2020, that's what I want. Inanimate objects give personalities. That mother- we love it, don't we, folks? That motherfucking Pixar lamp who's always running around smashing things. Oh. No. Little rapscallion. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ryan, you tried to get this on, on track, and I, I'm glad that you did, because we got a big show tonight for our main event. We are talking about the Supergirl finale, but before we get to that, we're going to have a little fun in the bullpen. Welcome, everyone, to our bullpen. It's our favorite segment. Just love to kick back in the bullpen. It's so relaxing here. Today, we were supposed to talk about the Fury Files, but Mr. Mouse said no. He said you can't have the Fury Files yet, so we have switched it up. We're, we're helping everyone out. I don't know if you guys have heard the news. But Ruby Rose has quit Batwoman. So now now they are approved for another season. So we, they do need to recast Batwoman, which is a big role. It's a big task. But it is important to the, um, to the producers that it stays with somebody from the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQA community. So we are here. Are you guys ready to rise to the task and cast this? I think it's LGBT community. LG- the Q just goes into immunity. Yeah, it, that's the fun way to say it. So it, wait, it can just commit any crime it wants? Yeah, it has LGBT community. Immunity. Um, I do want to say something weird happened. Ruby Rose quit, and she sort of said why. The hours were long. And then the CW stepped up and said, uh, it was a mutual agreement. Didn't have to say anything, but the CW <laughs> wanted to jump in there because apparently um, they wanted to point out that, yeah, the hours were hard on her. Like She was very tired. And then just became a real bitch to everyone. <laughs> so they didn't seem to have a problem at all with her leaving. Oh, like the CW never works long hours and is a little grouchy and takes it out on people. Just need a little nap, give them a juice box every once in a while, and they come back to just fine. They're, they know the biz. So typically, we just tell the CW what to do and they do it because yeah. they listen. But mm-hmm. we're just going like, we'll, to give them five options today, right? It's a big role. Yeah. We're going to do a top five list. So we each have our top five. We're going to go around, give who we all are going to fight for. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the final decision here. Onto who I think should be our final top five list that we give to the CW. So, man, who do I let go first? Who do I give this honor of top spot to? Um, just kidding. It's going to be me. I obviously know that. <laughs> so, uh, number one in the top spot, right off the bat, I'm going to put Stephanie Beatriz. And this is, she plays um, uh, Rose... Not Rosa. Rosa Diaz? Rosa Diaz on Brooklyn Ruby Nine-Nine. Rosa Diaz? Yeah, Ruby Rosa Diaz. So the name already right there. She already fits that character so well. But I'm really, I would be excited to see her as Batwoman because we already know that she um, uh, she can act. She could, I think she'll be able to portray emotions through the mask, which is hard to do. But because uh, Dia, Dia Rose is like so, um, like she never expresses any emotions, but you get a lot from her just from like body and like character development. So I think she'll be able to p- play the role really well. And she's a total badass. That's true. If you put uh, Cape and Cowl on Rosa Diaz, you still get all of the same emotion. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> it doesn't hide anything. The question, though, is have you guys ever seen Stephanie Beatrice? Yes. Uh, yes. 
Are we going to talk about her real voice here? Yeah, because, I mean, Rosa and Batwoman have similar voices and personalities, but Stephanie Beecher is worried about being typecast as someone who is just not like her at all. Well, that's, I think, we could really inject Kate Kane, because it's obvious people who are like, Kate Kane is Batwoman? Oh, you mean the person with the same exact range of emotion and toughness? But Stephanie Beatrice used her real voice as Kate Kane, and she was kind of more of a debutante, like a girl version of Bruce Wayne, and just like, her voice is, it's kind of squeaky and it's out there it's very surprising when you hear it for the first time and then she used her diaz voice as batwoman her real voice is a cartoon version of Minnie mouse like yes. it's so different than roses <laughs> i would love i would love the two sides of those that is actually another you're adding even more points to her being the number one spot thank you mike and for that i'm gonna let you pick our number two spot okay i think the number two spot you know what? i'm gonna keep it i was gonna try to say number one but i think you might have nailed number one with your first pick cassie uh clea duvall has been bumping in and out of Hollywood for a long time. She was in the faculty at Stokely. We all remember that. Uh, but she, she wait was she in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer on she the WB? An episode of the Buffy <laughs> on the WB before it became the CW when it mixed with UPN. And uh, most recently, she's known as Stephanie Meyer's daughter-in-law on Veep. Uh, she's like an FBI agent, very stoic, uh, but she's super fucking funny and can look tough. And I think Batwoman needs some differences from arrow and some humor on its own and putting her is the lead role she could do the tough thing and also be like low-key quippy here's my only problem and why i think it should just go straight to number five or maybe off the list is uh it's not just her age but she has one of the most iconic chins in the biz and that's the only thing (laughs) that's the only thing that she's not gonna cover up so everyone right away they're not even gonna say oh that's kate kane they're gonna be like that's claire duvall straight up in our show (laughs) But, I mean, it is going to look good in that mask with that defined chin, so it's not a total negative. That's true. And she gets a new weapon that Ruby Rose did not have. She just chin attacks on her. <laughs> oh, I, I would, love that. If she's Batwoman, then I would reverse every part of the cowl and make everything that's visible <laughs> hidden, and then you're good. It's <laughs> mean. All right, so we got two so far. So I'm going to, Ryan, for this third spot, we'll see what you got. What do you have? Well, I'm go- this, this will be number one. Okay, and well. bef- before I say it, uh, can... We just imagine saying or listening to Batwoman say, "Are we even going to get anything this year?" <laughs> <laughs> Patty Harrison so, oh. as Batwoman, I think, would fucking kill it. Uh, so many of these CW non-superhero personalities have none. There is no personality, mm-hmm. and I don't think Patty Harrison necessarily has to do her full persona as if she's this character <laughs> i think she can mix and match and uh tone it down or up if that's what they want um but i would love to see her uh just with the challenge of being a superhero and and so often like you get these characters like dig uh who thinks it's absurd there's powered beings and cisco who thinks it's awesome but to have somebody who thinks it's all stupid uh-huh. and i think party hardison could show that very well <laughs> and like make fun of killer croc while he's coming at her i would ryan you played so well to specifically the superhero show show list of what we sh- would have it's not the smart it's not the smart game but it is specifically <laughs> our list and i'm so torn to move it to the first spot or not because it's just so good just do it go with it all right, you know what? You're going to do it. You're number one. Everyone's moving down. Patty Harrison is currently number one spot. So let me see. I'm going to try to fill this now number four spot right now. Uh, let's see. If we're going to go with our absolute wildest dreams and whoever we want to throw in here, I think I'm going to go with Aubrey Plaza 
just because I would like she is so sassy and we know she can act her ass off from Legion so there's no doubt she could do the role she's a total badass but then also I want a Batwoman who can like destroy people verbally as well <laughs> with his like arms and verbally and I know Aubrey Plaza can 100% do that uh, yeah and this could be going back to when we were talking about um, Stephanie Beatrice uh, to have Aubrey Plaza from Legion as Batwoman and Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Rec as Katie Kane. Oh. So you're scared of her both ways, but just <laughs> d- differently. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's a pretty solid. That's a pretty solid number four spot. Mike, what do you got for number five? I I think it's it should be number two. I, I'm looking at like I don't know if all these actual stars will jump in this role. Who mm. will come in? Has worked with uh, every single show we've ever covered. She's showed up on it, and she is great. She's a great utility player, and she's very charming in real life online. Uh, Brianna Venskis, she is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. She was a member of DEO and Supergirl. She was in The Walking Dead uh, on Team Negan for a while. Like She showed up literally in all of her shows, and she just fucking crushes it. And part of why everybody hires her, she can do her own ass stunts and won't break her back like some weaklings I've heard. She's sort of like the, the mixture of... She's like the mixture of uh, Quake. What's her name? Daisy Johnson. Yeah. Oh, you mean that, that, <laughs> the actress's that, name? That, you fucking nerd. <laughs> In the real world, Mike. Into the real world. For a she's like she's the Gina uh, Carano of Chloe Bennett. Yes. And yeah, I love how like you have been keeping up her legacy since day one of the superhero show show like she's awesome and she was awesome as an extra and now she's just like oh should i be on all the shows you guys cover sure i'll do that (laughs) every like every six months or so you just start screaming about how she is the forrest gump of superhero tv (laughs) man all right ryan played very well to our list again so we have a solid five but i'm gonna see what else we have if we want to move some things around ryan who do you have that we can possibly put in as a replacement we'll see uh i'm gonna say someone who's feels like she's been on the, the precipice of breaking through for a really long time. Uh, I know if you guys look her up right now, you may not recognize her name, but if you look her up right now, you'll recognize her face. Her name's Kiersey Clemens. Uh, yes, that, oh my, it's on my list. <laughs> she, uh, she was in Transparent. She was uh, one of the three kids in Dope. Um, oh, how do I say this? So much more talented than the CW typically yeah. uh, asks for. But... Um, you know, I think we're 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 trying to not say like Angelina Jolie for this list. You know, like I don't think she's not gettable. I mean, if if you can get she just Luke... lost the flash role she was supposed to have for years. Oh yeah, that's true, right? Uh, if you can get Luke motherfucking Wilson, then you can get Kiersey Clemens. Okay. Honestly, now I know now I know what they can pull off, so we can get as wild as we want. Like Luke Wilson, are you kidding me? We can get her. We, we got this girl. You guys are making this incredibly difficult, actually. This is a solid list. I wasn't ready for you guys to come with. There's just a lot of talented actors. I think we can all give... Oh, man, I'm nerv- I'm nervous to let us give one more shot because it's such a solid list. Do you guys think you have some real ringers? The only other person that I wanted to bring up, I'm not a fan, but maybe like... Or like, I've, I haven't seen her act that much. I've heard bad things, but maybe she deserves another shot is... Uh, I'm going to... Kara Delavine. Is that how you say that? Kara? Yes, Kara, you're pronouncing correctly. She's not great actress, which I mean would is not great we, actress. If we replace <laughs> Ruby Rose with anybody we've said, it'll be jarring mm-hmm. because suddenly Batwoman will have range she never had before. But if you want to keep people their expectations the same, Kara Delavine's what you want. Right, okay. exactly. Is it gonna bother everybody when they know Kate Kane is Batwoman because under the eye part of the cowl? <laughs> <laughs> 
So you cut out eye Stop. holes and you cut out <laughs> eyebrow holes, and then yeah, they all you just let them breathe. Okay, all right. So I think that is our sign that we do have our solid list of who we could put on here. The only we got to fit in, I feel Kiersey Clemens is a good one to put in. So currently we have our number one spot, Patty Harris. Number two, Stephanie Beatrice. Three, Clea Develle. Four, Patty Harrison. Five, Aubrey Plaza. Patty Harrison was on there twice? That's how good she is. She's on there twice. No. So, Aubrey Plaza, number four, five, Brenna Viscus. And I just want to know, who... Where do we put Kiersey Clemens? Is she better than Claire Duvall? Yes. Yes. One hundred percent. I think we. I don't think we put her in at number five. I think we jump her up to that number three, one or two. Not no. Wait, Party Hardison's number one right now. Let's yeah. keep her number one. She's got to be number one. That I'm not. I'm not. I'm not building moving on that one. So Patty Harrison, Stephanie Beatrice, Kiersey Clemens, Kiersey yes. Clemens, Aubrey Plaza, Brianna, Brianna Vinskis. Vinskis. That is our top five. You guys, we're gonna give it. I think that is a very solid list. 100%. You're welcome, CW. You, we're doing all the work for you. Go ahead, send us whatever money you want. Also, these actors, if they want to send us any thank you, you guys are welcome. Um, we've done it. We've nailed it in this segment, you guys. It's going to be a great next season of Batwoman. Uh, coming up next, we're going to dig into our main event of the Supergirl finale. <laughs> On this week's Supergirl, Supergirl and Lena have to bury the hatchet to stop Lex and Leviathan. Nia struggles with what her dreams are trying to tell her when they're the clearest they've ever been, and Brainy realizes he has to sacrifice himself to stop Lex's plan. So, Taste Buds, I ask you this. Amidst the supervillains and gods and plans to kill most of Earth's populace, how does the plot line about the how does the plot line or addition of technology play? Confusingly. Yeah. I uh I did some research, like I looked up uh, like past episodes plot lines, and I like read forums and shit online, and nobody knows what this Leviathan thing means. Yeah. Everyone is confused by its attachment. Um, I like I'm reading Le- about Leviathan in the comic books. I say about like I'm reading the encyclopedia, <laughs> uh, and it's all they did was just take the name. They thought the name sounded cool. I don't think there's anything similar, but I could not get a grasp on anything that was going on outside of like female relationships. So because I've jumped in twice more than you guys this season, I, here's what I think. Uh, Leviathan was Apple. Like it was just this tech corporation that was somehow evil and, or working. uh, No, that was obsidian. And then (laughs) Leviathan like owns obsidian the way alphabet owns Google. And Leviathan also happens to be like three elemental gods I don't know the connection there. And they're also <laughs> aliens and working with the mom from Stranger Things. Uh, it's uh, There's there's 18 teams now, and there's varying degrees of loyalty and who wants what to happen. It is bonkers bananas. But all I do know is their thing is they want to kill everybody who puts these VR contacts in. Not dealing with ever that poor people will not have this. So I guess they just want to kill all the rich people, and I'm fine with it. But I do love the reaction when everybody puts the eye contacts in and goes to this virtual reality world. And they're like, take them out. Just do it. And they're like, no, but we really like this. And they're like, oh, shit, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> oh, darn. That's what I was like in that moment. They were like, it's going to take a big Supergirl speech to get them out from this VR. And I'm like, can't you just tell them like they're going to literally die? Because people are like superstitious as hell about like technology stuff. Like if you just tell them like straight up you're going to die in this, like I'd remove it. I'm not going to stay in that. I, I saw a stat the other day and I did not research it, but uh, 44% of Republicans think that 
uh, Bill Gates is creating a coronavirus vaccine so they, he can put a microchip inside of you that will uh, track you and possibly control you. 44%. That's unreal. See, that's that shit. You just got to tell them they're going to die in this and they'll get right out. He's doing that with their phones already. Why would he need to micro? Why would he need to implant them? He already he's already got them, but now this is his time to shine, really. But, but like, good call on the on what you do with the virtual reality because I just go and like I don't know I I screw I have sex with like very like different sort of different versions of me, and that's what I spend my time doing. But it seemed like everybody ran to a dead beloved one, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and that's when they were like, no. It's kind of interesting. Like, that's what everybody wants to do, and that's what everybody will not give up on is, no, I want to hang out with my grandma or my mom or whatever. That is... I could write down a list of 100 things to do in VR. I would never think to do that <laughs> would shit. Would not even cross my mind. I have so many dead people in my life who I miss, but, like, no way. I'm going to fly like Supergirl does. Fuck you. But I'm sort of like, at this point, I'm glad they're dead so I can just do this VR thing and not have to hang out with them. <laughs> oh, they'd like... be on my ass if I was trying to VR all the time and they were alive. <laughs> oh, they would know. But that was, like, when she when Supergirl first went into the VR, she was just, like, standing on like out in, like, in space. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, now I see why people... People are on board and then I went to the people and they were just visiting dead people I was like okay so it's kind of it's a give and take here with what the people want so yeah we, we never see what they they see in their VR so because what we see is like a Saturn's ring of people floating around the earth and then Kara pops up and talks to one or two and then she's like hack me and so there's a billion cars talking to a billion people saying the same speech so one what if they're responding and she, now I'm not gonna listen to you you're ignoring me uh but two, is she ripping through their dead loved ones and taking their place? Like, oh. it could be very violent. Oh, I didn't just think like, about that. <laughs> like, like alien through the gut style? Yeah. And just, you have to take them off. Also, do we need to talk about the commentary where uh, it's basically all of these dead-eyed zombies who are tuning in and watching this Kara speech week in, week out without thought? Just saying, yeah, I guess we'll sit through this Kara speech, just like we do every week with Supergirl. Aren't we? Aren't we the morons here? Is so? Is it mocking us, or the, the right ones were the ones who listened? Even Dreamer said, "I hope you got one of your classic speeches ready." Like they're making fun of the fact that yeah. she, like you have all these superpowers, you're gonna talk at them till they listen. There was like three or four different calls on like, okay, Kara, uh, good one, make another speech. And Kara does say she's like, no, I know I can do it, braggy. But I've never talked to this many people. So she's getting like stage fright. Yeah, it was just the amount of people was the only thing. She's like, oh, I'm inspiring as hell, but I don't know if I can be inspiring to like 8 million people. That's the only thing. Well, based on the ratings, uh, you do not have to worry about that. In fact, this is actually the least amount of people you have ever talked to, Kara. <laughs> D- did it work that uh, so Lena and Kara have been on the Rocks all season? Like coming together in this one, and the, like not only did they have like talk their shit out, which characters on TV rarely do, but they both had their climactic moments were giving a speech. Lena's was to one because she's not a super person, and Cars was to a billion. But it was just cutting between these very like aspirational "you can do it" speeches, where you like, I get why they're friends. I yeah, and like I also get why Supergirl works some of the time because I was struck how little I'd ever seen what was happening before, particularly when they were talking to each other, like. TV characters, because TV, have to hold stuff back so there can be future episodes. And it really felt like they said to each other in a meta way, that's it with this shit. We're going to, like, fuck future episodes. We're just going to get it all out right now. Mm -hmm. 
and I, I do love how they did it. One, it was fuck that. We're, let's move on with the kind of stories we're going to tell. But also, like, called out what an abusive relationship is. Because Lena did find out Kara was Supergirl the year they knew each other. And then flipped out and went, I'll kill you. And everybody you knew. And Kara lays it out. She's like, you want? You never understood what it means to have a secret identity. I'm going to protect you. And then she just she's like, you pretended to be my friend for weeks after you found out. You stole from me? You manipulated me and my family, and you used kryptonite on me, the one thing that could kill me. <laughs> I made one mistake, and you tried to hurt me in every way you thought of. That is abusive relationships. Yeah. That was that was one part of this show, this episode that I did really enjoy was just seeing like their get their get to, them get to patch up their relationship just because it was like it was a very adult it wasn't a TV conversation like that was how like adults should talk to each other so it was like cool to see that they were just like it was literally like drop all pretenses pretenses like you said like like let's just have an adult conversation and it's gonna be on TV. It was it was honest. It wasn't setting up future episodes, and somehow it didn't feel all excusey. Mm-hmm. You know, like so many times, like. Like the way that you described it, you can see two adults being like, oh, yeah, well, that's because of this. And right. what it really felt like was like, hold up, look at it from my perspective, and I'm going to actually get you to look at it through my perspective. Yeah. And then every time the, the other girl was like, oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't realize how shitty she'd been. <laughs> That's like what I kind of expect when I come to Supergirl is more moments like that instead of like they tried to do a couple comedy moments, which didn't really work. Like when um when the Martians like became the decoy Kara's and everything and like they had like the voiceover work. It was a rough go. But those like inspirational oh. moments like those those worked a little bit. I got it. I got to say, though, uh, John John's voice coming out of. Melissa Benoit's body did something to me. Like, were, were, you, were you big into Dr. Girlfriend on the Venture Brothers? <laughs> I think I was, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, that's the director. Dr. Girlfriend. Uh, really? No, uh, David Harewood? John uh-huh. Johns directed this episode. Nice. Good for him. Yeah, I thought it was a solid. It's better, honestly. I don't want to compare, but Melissa Benoit's montage of Lex, her directorial debut versus David Harewood's. His was a coherent story, at least. Yeah. yeah. Or a story. But there was a lot yeah, of story. <laughs> there was there was so much going on, and Mike, I guess because you're the Supergirl expert, I want to ask: like, were they trying to do something Chinatown, LA Confidential esque with the amount of plot lines going on, or did they just fuck up? Do you think? Because I think this was like up. this was trying to solve everything, and it was batshit. I, I think they were also trying to show like where the comics have had decades to do it. Lex Luthor only pops up here and there. And the comet, like, Smallville did it and, and showed, like, his manipulations, and this tried to. Where, like, if Lex Luthor's in play, it's baffling to anybody, even him, what's going on. Because he just has, like, scheme on scheme on scheme on scheme. And so even he's like, who's on my side and who am I about to fuck over? So it's a reality show. Yes. He's not here to make friends. That's what I want to know. Like, are you guys excited? So we still have Lex Luthor for, if there is a next season, like, he is going to be our big bad because he got the little tube of gods that Brainy worked so hard that died to, like, get these tube of gods. And then Lex just came and grabbed this little pod. So we're going to have more Lex Luthor next season if there is another one. And I don't Well, know luckily, if Brainiac, like, if Brainiac took his hand off the button, it would all start over. Luckily, he didn't take his hand off the button. He followed that <laughs> one strict sci-fi rule. But yeah, sorry, Cassie, keep all, going. All the 10 minutes, he stayed there in agonizing pain. But yeah, I just I just don't know if anybody's like going to be excited for another season of Lex when he gets... The storyline gets so complicated as soon as he's... And he's overpowering in all these storylines. Like, I know people were mad about the Brainy storyline because it didn't make sense that he needed to like, double-cross his friends in order to do this to work for Lex. So I just don't know if that's going to be a pull to bring people back. I mean, I don't... I'm not... 
like I'm not head over heels over John Cryer as Lex Luthor. Like it's not bothering me, but it's also like it's not blowing wind up my skirt. But I will say that the clearest part of this episode was when Kara and uh, Lena shook hands and said, "Let's go get my brother." It was the last thing that happened. I was like, "I understand what's going on," <laughs> and then roll credits. <laughs> and then to be continued. So yeah, there were wrapping. It did have a lot to wrap up. It did end up in most of them. I feel the, all those plot lines did get a conclusion. I don't know how well of one it was, but for an unplanned finale, I did feel like it got a lot of closure for not being able to be fully planned out. It felt like the show tried to have closure before the show finished because what, what did not closure for me is Supergirl was celebrating. They had no idea. She didn't know what happened because her friends were fighting a different fight across and they nothing was revealed why it had happened yet. And she's like, we did it. What did you do, Supergirl? Because <laughs> nobody else in your show knows yet. Uh, real quick before we go, I had read on comic book TV news websites about Alex's... The news, yes. <laughs> the the front page of news. Alex's new costume. And we saw... It. By the way, did you guys notice that uh, all the times that Alex Danvers was absolutely CGI'd into the scene? No. Nuh-uh. Yeah, just was not there. But they didn't finish the scene. Like, there were times where she looked like a hologram, basically. Um, because she... They just didn't finish the episode. Um, and then we saw her costume. And it is... Like, I, uh, future future prom dress i don't know what to make of this neon blue it looked like neon arrow like it's just the hood and like blue makeup where he used to do his hood and green makeup it's just a blue bright version of it yeah so but she did have a badass walk when she put it on with her whole squad so you know that was a redeeming factor for it at least she got that moment to walk down the runway in that new suit so it It was it was all worth it because of kara's sisterly scream when she saw it like That's yeah. the kind of reaction you want from your homie when you try out a, try on a new fit. I'll start screaming at you guys like that as soon as we meet up in the studio and I see your guys' outfit. I'll just start screaming like that for you guys. I got you. Well, it's going to be awkward because Mike and I both wear Alex's new superhero costume. <laughs> well, then I'm going to see who wore it best. <laughs> Reality show. <laughs> all right, you guys. Say yes to the dress. That is all the time we have to talk about Supergirl. We can't talk more about Say Yes to the Dress later, though. But first, we got to get to the pull list and talk about all the other shows we watched this week. Our first show that we're starting the pull list off is Vagrant Queen. On this week's Vagrant Queen, it's a murder mystery turned spider apocalypse on the ship as the crew is fighting against a spider alien that then turns its murder victims into one of its species. Luckily, the ship was boarded by the parking force before the alien invasion, so it has plenty of other people to focus on. The crew takes down the turned and drops their bodies in space, letting them continue their journey to Ariopa. Tastebuds, I ask you this. Would you be able to go against a spider alien, or is that nightmare creation just entirely too much? That's actually uh, not two of my fears. No way. Yeah. If it was, a, I... if it was a half slug, half foot, then we might have some issues. <laughs> just a slug with a foot for the shell. <laughs> I didn't know there could be a worse creation, but you definitely did. I also wasn't afraid of slugs before, but now with the combination of a foot added, it's the worst thing I could ever think of. <laughs> Sorry to assault your game, but no, spiders are fine. I like spiders are okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's gross and big, but like that'll just make you want to kill it more. Also, like, do you remember when Homer escaped the power plant to get to the Duff plant? He he likes hanging out at plants, and he takes the underground route, and there's a giant spider. And he picks up a rock, a tiny rock, and throws it at his head, and then it dies. So I know how to handle them. <laughs> is that all the technique? Is that all I got to do? I just got to have like a whole bunch of tiny rocks around and throw, throw them at all the spiders that come around? 
the problem is, I don't know if you guys have ever seen me throw something, but it's going to go directly to the ground two feet in front of me. <laughs> Mine would hit whoever's next to me, even if I was aiming at the spider alien. So aim at the people next so to you. Hard. Oh, that's a good point. You always, always plan for that way. So, I mean, I guess you guys would have done well on this ship. I would have died. I'm not down for it. So at least if we were on the crew on this ship, we would have survived. That's so good to know. Uh, yeah, I think the best team is just have different fears. And that yes. way, you can you know you can tackle anything. Except for tackling, we're all scared of being tackled. <gasps> tackling and feet. We nobody will touch the feet, and that uh, is a stance. Mike is. If oh. if it was a foot alien, Mike would be a I'll little too Sarah V lotion. And- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> simply no, simply cannot. Vagrant Queen is on Thursdays on Sci-Fi. <laughs> Our next show of the week is Batwoman. On the season finale of Batwoman, Ruby Rose in her final performance before Patty Harrison takes over has to take down an escaped convict convict inconveniently nicknamed titan even though this is a dc show meanwhile kate's dad is just fucking done with batwoman because she's a vigilante and is going to murder her with his team of seemingly vigilantes plus the show finally pulls the cord on hush as alice changes her brother slash boyfriend's face to that of bruce wayne taste buds i ask you this was it clear to you this week that batwoman's quality has clearly surpassed her best friend supergirl's no. Is that a real thing you believe or people believe? Uh, it, it, it was a little bit of a leading question because, yes, I absolutely believe that. I thought this was so much tighter and clearer than any episode yeah. of Supergirl I've watched in years. There weren't 18 plot lines going on. That's true. But it is weird to be like, this is it. And nobody planned for their season finale. But they're like, all of Arkham's running around. I'm going to just go after this one guy whose power is knives. Hmm. <laughs> like, shouldn't she be running around and taking out all of them? She picked the one guy who was in a prison outfit and is black. I wonder what Ruby Rose is... Or, I'm sorry, I wonder what Kate Kane is thinking. I don't want to say Ruby Rose thinks anything. Um, But did you find this just to be typical CW stupid? Yeah, I was like, man, that was really good. I mean, I I don't think that... I didn't check the IMDb afterwards to see if Orson Welles directed it, but I thought that it was pretty tolerable. There were a couple of great moments. I did like Mary, her sister, who's now fully on Team Batwoman, uh, yelling at her dad or stepdad and saying, why not team up with some of the city actually roots for? Like telling him he's a piece of shit. The city doesn't like him. Let's talk about that guy real quick. This guy, uh, Doug Ray, what's his name? Almost Wolverine. Uh, Yeah, Doug Ray Scott, I think, uh, mostly known to everyone as Almost Wolverine, (laughs) had, had a tiny scheduling conflict and they had to go with their second pick, Hugh Jackman. Uh, we're still not sure if that turned out for the better or not. Um, he is fucking awful. He like, and it, I'm not just talking about like primetime soap opera, uh, seminal of the early teens, bad. Like he is at one point he screams, "You just made this way too personal," and <laughs> I guess that's a play on now it's personal. He doubled up on how personal something way can too. be, and like it, it's it's awful and. I, the other thing, too, is that I can't tell if he's doing that whole Riverdale, Skeet Ulrich, Molly Ringwald, I'm just going to lean into this. He looks like he's trying, and he sucks. It, it Especially, like, yeah, so the actor's not doing great, and the character makes no sense, because he does run, like, an extra legal. Yeah. The crows aren't the police. They've taken over, but he has a big problem with the vigilantes, so it's kind of that, like, I can do it. I don't want anybody to do the thing I do. My thing is breaking the law to enforce the law. Do you think that Batwoman should actually just, like, kill all of his team? Do you think yes. that she should have a murder of crows? <laughs> She should have a murder of crows because uh, she was doing literally nothing after taking down the bad guy, and then the crows just unleashed fire upon her. Uh-huh. 
She was doing nothing violent. She's just like, so hey, let's talk. Boom, 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 boom. It made me hate the guy. But he still has no idea, right? That his daughter, as somebody has to straight up say to Kate Kane, my dad hates me. And then the sister's like, no, he hates Batwoman. Yeah. Then the sister like uh, initiates like a meet cute between the two. And he's still like, no, I hate you so much. I love my daughter who is not you, but I hate you who is not my daughter. And then Batwoman flies away. <laughs> is there is there one thing that Batman, Batwoman could do better? Is it like, can they do action or is it like the interpersonal relationships is there one aspect that they're better at or is it all just kind of like a wash honestly what i would say is recast the lead like (laughs) that would help a lot like if they just had someone who could bring a little bit of that like easygoing legends charisma Mm -hmm. um they most of the shows have like you know we we talk shit on grant gustin all the time but his easygoing charisma does help you get through some of the episodes ruby rose is just not cut out for this part and i think this all worked out perfectly for everyone and it could kick up the action, especially this is because this is their current Grimdark replacing Arrow, and Arrow was the best with fight scenes. Mm-hmm. I could use a cool looking fight scene, not just like there's funny ones like Titan just throwing a machete and hitting it, like the guy died, like, but nothing was like, oh, that's dope to watch. The like, guy punched a machete, Mike. It, <laughs> that, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I thought that the, the first one in the subway, and you can always tell with these CW shows, like, if the first five minutes are dope, you're like, well, that's. That's the part that they tried on, and now we have to sit through 40 <laughs> minutes of this. Um, but I thought the first one in the subway was cool. There was uh, an awesome part where Titan hit a guy with a gun, and we were outside the subway, and it hit the corner of the subway window in a way that was striking and thought out. You know, I guess that's, the, that's typically the compliment that you can give this is, they thought about that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That sounds like a great moment. Uh, Ryan, do you have a, another moment of the week? My moment of the week is uh, somebody on the sh- I think it was Hush. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but I uh, said, screamed, I'm not about to spend my life looking like the bastard that couldn't get the rods in the nuclear reactor on time. And everybody has regrets, but I love him thinking that he's about to live a life where like a little kid will see him on the street and be like, oh, that's the bastard that didn't get the rods into the <laughs> nuclear reactor on time. His legacy, and it will live on forever. Uh, Mike, what about you? You got a moment of the week? Yeah, I got a tie for two. Mouse, uh, at one point, so Hush has guns out, and he's saying, give me a new face to Alice. And Mouse is like, yeah, shoot her dead. That'll get your face, you stupid idiot. <laughs> and just, not enough characters in these shows call each other stupid idiots. <laughs> and, he, and, and he's right, the new face would be two X's instead of I's, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, and the second one is, uh, Alice has this weird dig at Hush while she's performing surgery on him. And it's very, like, New York Intelligista. She says, I pity any woman who confuses the buzz of a martini with your charms. And I'm like, weird dig, and I want to hear more of her roasts. Somebody is Samantha, for sure. (laughs) Total Samantha. Well, you guys, that was the finale of Batwoman. We don't know when it will be airing next on what channel or time, but you can catch up on all of it. Our next show of the week is Legends of Tomorrow. This week on Legends of Tomorrow, after Astra betrays the Legends with the Fates, Gary has to deal with the three of them on the Wave Rider solo, while the Legends have to fight through hundreds of miles across zombie-infested England, while Sarah secretly knows she's going to die. Taste Buds ask you this, we've lo- we love Legends for its goofiness and camaraderie, how does it deal with grief and death? I thought pretty well. Maybe Legends could just do anything it wants. Um, there's, I think there's some clear uh, allusions to Shaun of the Dead in this. Um, the whole finale, the whole zombie finale is in a bar. Uh, but I think the big one 
the one that Legends and Shaun of the Dead do the best is when somebody dies in Legends or Shaun of the Dead. Like, Shaun of the Dead was the first, like, horror movie where somebody died or got infected and people gave a shit. Like, yeah. they were, like, very, very sad. And sh- remember Shaun trying to explain to his mom that Bill Nye, the not science guy, is gone. Like, he's gone. And that was sad. And that's what we have, too. Instead of just being like, oh, shit, they died. And then you run away. You have right. to deal with that death right now. You know, and I thought it did really well. And and putting that in Ava, who also has always been dealing with, do these legends actually like me or am I just the girlfriend of the person they all worship? And I don't feel ready to lead. And mixing that with, and the person I love the most is die, going to die. Like, it, yeah, she has become a quiet MVP. She doesn't get to be the goofiest, but she handles the straight and narrow really well. Right. I also, I, I do sort of think they gave away everything, though, because... Uh, with like ten minutes left, Sarah kicks back and says, "Hey guys, why don't we not worry about anything? I just I'm super happy right now." And I realized I had never heard anyone say or feel that in any of these shows ever. <laughs> and so as soon as she said that, I was like, "Dead, she's gonna die. She's gonna die soon. You you can't just like be okay with the situation in a show, right? Even if you're immortal and a time traveling superhero, right? Something's gonna blow up in your face, like having to wait for the bus. And I get I get where Ava's coming from, like. To have Sarah Lance say I love you to you, mm-hmm. that would fucking melt your brain. Yeah. For sure. Did did any of the it's the legends, so it's not like they're gonna like revamp what you think about zombies. But was any of it like, I get it. Do we need this part of it? Or was it an enjoyable rump? No, yeah. I mean like the thing that they do instead of revamp is uh assume that you have seen the tropes before. And so what Legends does is that it knows that only nerds are watching and it can move past all of the bullshit that we typically have to sit through over and over and over again, whether it's superhero origin or um, how the zombies came to be. We can just jump into the action. Yeah. The other thing that I thought about, too, while watching this is, would you say that this is the show that most seems like, going back to your zombie thing, that there's two sets of writers, one, one that like does all the character moments and the other one that sort of treats it like, this could be somebody's first time watching it. Hmm. There's no other show that does both of those things well. You know, you either do one good because you don't care about new viewers, or you only cater to new viewers. Right. And almost every episode of Legends does both pretty great. And that makes sense. I mean, because they are, like, the least watched show. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so if they, they're, like, every every episode has to be an opening, that's great. And it's, while not sacrificing character development and depth for that, it's awesome. I, wa- like, I would get as a new viewer that Gary sucks, so let's have him be alone and do his own thing. Oh, man. And it it wasn't more clear that Gary sucked until he was talking to Gideon, who is just uh-huh. so much better in every way. Uh, I just It's a new person to compare Gary to. Let's please kill him. The one thing I loved, and Gary sucks, we should kill him, is uh, we specifically should kill him in real life, uh, is <laughs> his Hard Rock theme song for the Gary and Gideon spinoff TV show <laughs> was was pretty great. And how bad it was. Were you... Uh, sorry, I cut you off in the zombie conversation because I wanted to say that delicious point about having two writing staffs on the... T- uh, on... It was very delicious. <laughs> Did you roll your eyes about any zombie tropes and dopes? No, the only thing I thought was dumb is that uh, at the end when you're like, okay, this is... Somebody's going to die and it's going to be up to Charlie to save them all. Is uh, Nate as Steel got dragged down by 10 zombies? Like, nope. Yeah. Nate... It should that's it should end with Nate being very sad. He watched all his friends die, and he will never die because his skin turns to fucking metal. I mean, zombies bite and they're dangerous, but as far as like muscles go, I'm stronger than your average zombie. Yeah, 
And th- they definitely couldn't take down, I mean, like, Sarah and her biceps. There's no way that they could do that because Sarah Lance is Armstrong. And so there's no way that that would affect at all. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mike, do you got a moment of the week? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Zar- Zari and John are going through their own little side plot for a lot of it. And her, at one point, a zombie comes out, and her wind power, she they're like in a, a mechanics. So there's like an airbag hanging, and she wind powers the airbag. It pops and the hits the zombie, and its head goes through a spike. And I was like, that was dope. That was just straight up dope. <laughs> a good zombie kill. Uh, 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 Zari and John finally kissed. And it also mm-hmm. made me think that, is the point of watching TV just to wait for two hot people to kiss, and then they do, and then you're happy? Yes. It's a large part of it, yeah, pretty much. Was that your moment of the week, Ryan, or is there another one? No, in a show that had a ton of uh, incredible moments, I have to say that my moment of the week was uh, Mick Rory is driving the bus, and he puts on this hat, and him driving the bus with the hat, it all fits, like, it's just, <laughs> that was the part that he is born to play. Had one of those, like, newsy hats, and you do have to have a specific kind of head to pull those hats off. You either have to be, like, an eight-year-old New Yorker from the 1920s, or, yeah, have, I guess, Mike's head. Do you have a newsy hat head? I wear a bunch of newsy hats. So at the I same time, do you sell yeah, them? Do you walk around up. town selling them? Papes here, get your papes. <laughs> he has so many friends over in that new town. Proud of you for that, Mike. Also, Legends is on Tuesdays on the CW. If you want to watch it, our next show of the week is Snowpiercer. This week finally saw the debut of TNT Snowpiercer. Five years or so after it was announced, the show is an adaptation of a French graphic novel. Hence, us talking about it here, but is more closely an adaptation of a Bong Joon Ho movie a person who you've now heard of. It tells the story of a 1001 car train speeding around a dead planet, carrying all of Earth's survivors. The movie was about class warfare. This is a crime procedural. Taste Buds, I ask you this. What would be more cable than to make it a fucking crime procedural? Uh, if there was also like a very attractive, very intelligent forensics person that David Diggs did not respect at all. Mm-hmm. And, but they had to team up every episode. So like, are there like negative sparks, but also sort of positive sparks in between them? Little chemistry yeah, there? Your, your bones. Your, your bones. The only other way too, is if one of the train carts had like all the housewives of like whatever land they were at and you get the housewife drama in one cart and the S like the crime procedural one. The real housewives of the snow piercer train would be <laughs> such a better spinoff. Why don't they make things like this? I, I thought I was going to hate this and because all I heard was bad things, and it was fine. I, I was kind of – one, I like the, the sheer comic stupidity. 1,001 train cars have to go forever. <laughs> I'm sold, man. That is awesome. It's dumb as hell. Did you don't see the movie? the number. All Not of it. Not yet. Uh, the movie's really good. Um, I wouldn't say great Bong Joon-ho now that we clearly know what that is, but it's definitely awesome. It's definitely worth watching. Um, and – I just, I like, you can't take somebody with that sort of like auteur voice out of it and say, mm. oh, we'll do it too. You know, like, he's clearly missing as like all of the style, all of the substance in something like this. I, I agree with you. It was not bad. It was nowhere near as bad as I'd heard. And uh, yeah, I wonder if people were just going to compare it to the movie. And uh, like, having not read the French graphic novel, because I'm not that kind of pretentious asshole, uh, maybe it is. Who knows if it's a murder mystery or not? But like, it's also like, the movie, it feels like a story that should be a movie. Otherwise, you're going to watch them slowly build a rebellion for a season, and I don't trust TNT to do that. Yeah. So it feels like they did the one thing they know they can do. Detective show. Yeah, I mean, the world building should be enough. It feels like enough, but you you get nervous 
especially if you're TNT, you got to add the crime building thing. So if we don't trust TNT to do the world thing, do you care about who was murdered and why and by who? No, well, I I think David Diggs is handling it. Yeah, and it's this this week we have just real actors on our shows all of a sudden. I'm not used to that. So we yeah. have Jennifer Connelly and David Diggs and a couple of character actors. What another guy who's just on every one of our shows? The uh, guy who was one of the security guards in Dawn of the Dead remake, and then was that same character in The Walking Dead a few seasons ago, and was that same character on Grand Theft Auto Five, the biggest yes. selling thing in entertainment history. He, uh, that is just, he, he, so even when the first few scenes, I was like, he seems like an ally. I'm like, no, he's gonna, he's gonna betray so quick. Uh, and he did. Yeah. If he wasn't born with that face, he might be an ally. Uh, <laughs> we also have Ace Ventura's landlord slash, um, the big leader of the guy in the wheelchair from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He's the, oh, yeah. he's the guy who hangs himself at the beginning. We should probably look up these names before we start recording. <laughs> no, I like how you describe them. You just give their whole list. But well, we're gonna have eight actors. We have to say no. no. Too many. <laughs> I I think that the issue is that we have the world building, which even if you are if you saw the movie, it's still interesting to hear about. And we have the murder mystery, and then we also have a revolt that gets started and stopped in one single episode. But that almost felt realistic because they wouldn't succeed at first. It's going to build and bubble and have different fights, and like I they they dealt with the the guy who betrayed him and made the revolt happen way earlier. Uh, he after like Davy Diggs comes back after being told like we know you're a detective please solve this for us he goes back to talk to him and he goes through the cart and there's blood everywhere most of it the oh. trainees or the tailies and the guy's reaction he said look at the blood we only made it to one car so like they dealt with the consequences of revolution way better than I thought they could that is true yeah like uh, you are killing stormtroopers that are humans that have real blood the entire time mm-hmm. you march through the car that, that is a good point also they had this thing where they were there. They always had like one tail or whatever. Like tailies are one, or we stick together. Yeah. And let's be honest. There's hundreds of people in the tail. Three people move forward in the revolt, and it was really just one fucking beefcake that handled almost every single soldier. Like he was a quarterback of mutant league football, but was not a mutant himself. <laughs> the first wasn't he though? Because the first that like throughout this whole episode, everybody's cutting a tenth of their jello ration bar thing and giving it to him and he's like lifting weights in secret and stuff like hiding because they like they are trying to that is their tactic let's build a tank hide him from the guards and he will just kill them all hold on you fat piece of shit eating healthy or eating as much as you can and then working out regularly does not make you a mutant that makes you just (laughs) that means you're just like an athletic person (laughs) no he's a mutant that doesn't work for the rest of us (laughs) that tracks mike you're right on that one oh mike do you got a moment of the week yeah, it is strong guy, which is what I think they call him the whole time. Uh, at we some don't. point, like a guard goes to punch him, and he just rips his wrist, hand and wrist off his arm. Like he literally suddenly rips it off, and now has a bloody stump. Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm. I'll watch this show." And then a little kid has to pick that up, right, and run for the <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> yeah, the kid looked horrified. That was so great. Uh, uh, Ryan, you got him over the week. Yeah, uh, like. David Diggs does not seem like he's going to turn on the tailies. He's not going to turn tailie. I, but I, I, I got to say, his, my moment of the week is the non-tailies, the, the actual people. They bring him in to sort of like coax him into uh, becoming their homicide detective because uh, he's the only one on the train. And they do it with a bowl of tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. And watching David Diggs eat this fucking, instead of eating, which I think turned out in the movie to be Soylent Green. 
the the food that oh, they serve yeah. the tailies. Uh, instead of that, he gets to we get to watch him eat this grilled cheese sandwich, and it's fucking porn. It's food <laughs> yeah. porn to watch his face as he eats it. It looks so good. Well, I'll be going back to watch that, and you can watch it on Sundays on TNT. Our final show of the week is Stargirl. We're introduced to our new hero, Courtney, who's dealing dealing with moving to a new place, changing schools, and a new stepdad with a secret sidekick pass. Classic. In Hidden in Stepapa's stuff is a magical staff that used to belong to her dad, a.k.a. Starman, which has a mind of its own and is taking her on adventures magic carpet style. One of these adventures includes a quick stop by the bad guy known as Brainwave, who is determined to figure out who she is, so there's no going back from this life now. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Does it feel like the CW put their entire budget into the show? Dude, yeah. I, I, let me say straight up, I fucking, I thought this episode was the shit. Like, it was I thought so it was good. I, do not expect that for the rest of this season because they have ten dollars to spend on each episode for the rest of the season, <laughs> and we're just gonna watch how uh, it's Courtney in a room with a ball and cup, and her just like trying to character grow from there. And it's part of it is they had the budget to make it there, but again, uh, continuing the trend of let's get real actors, we have Joel McHale, Luke Wilson, and Amy Smart. Amy Smart, the adults. Uh, I was just like, oh shit, they are clearly better than all the actors we watch every week yeah man that's the thing I was, that I, I think riverdale started but they did it sort of as a joke by getting teenage actors who haven't worked in a while guys luke wilson and amy smart are good actors who have not worked in a while who would love a regular paycheck they're out there go get them please yeah and they did it it was such a smart move like straight up i was watching it on my phone at first and then like i had to do a double take i was like that look was i had to put it on a bigger screen to confirm because then i thought i saw joel McHale, and i was like hold up this is a cw show it took my full attention from like five minutes in i was like this show has everything i want that that intro that it's like 10 years in the past or whatever luke wilson as stripesy running into watching the justice society die you only anybody else would be lame luke wilson has that wilson like befuddlement in him mm-hmm. that when he is just saying every character's name as they're dying he makes it funnier and way less stupid than it should be i want to be clear here like the cgi looks about the same as every other cw show like it's there and they like they do it they do it smarter where they cut away from it or they put it far in the background so it doesn't look as bad but the reason why we're not going to see this again is because when you have 22 episodes or whatever you got to make a new one every week and you do not have the time to get a director to mm-hmm. to put the camera where it should be. You just have to like get three shots of every scene and then hope the editor can figure it out. This is this is fucking storyboarded like a movie. Yes. Like yeah. that like from that opening scene where it's not even the big fight, which was very impressive, but just Luke Wilson driving that car around the city trying to get to the fight looked better than any CW thing we have ever mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just you have thought put into it I, I i'm also worried like so there's the dc universe airs it and then it goes to the cw and they cut 10 to 15 minutes and a lot of it like i went through to see what they cut and i watched the dc universe version and it's like well this little character moment this little character moment was like i care about this episode because all those things you just said they cut they really fucking sold all the interactions so the fact that all three of us have a separate subscription to dcu and we're not all sharing the same one that's good right yeah, i think it just means i'm worried for like I will understand if people watch it on CW and go, what do you mean this is great? Mm-hmm. Or what do you mean that this is like higher than... Because, you know, CW has a level and it doesn't really go that much lower or higher. Um, this At least this first episode is so far higher. But it, it, it's so it's the directorial choices. It's getting real actors. But it is all these little character moments throughout. Like, Stripesy should be 
just an impediment to her slash Obi-Wan Kenobi to Courtney, right? But like they build weird things like him worriedly saying everybody's name is their die. He drops that his friends never wrote him letters back. Like he was like, yeah, I moved my whole life and I'd write my friend's letter. Nobody ever wrote me. Like there's all these little things that like, I know who you are as a person. So I get why you're like this Carrie Elloway's kind of stepdad. Like you desperately need these kids to like you because you suck and you're sad. Yeah, he's talking to her and she's like, uh, I'm trying to text my friend. He's like, of course you are. I'm so sorry. I'm a Wilson <laughs> there's these two like he's a different type of stepdad as soon as i brought the stepdad energy i wasn't sure how he was gonna play but he's this type of stepdad like the outdoorsy stepdad that cares and the only like Mm -hmm. there's moments like that where he like just truly cares and there's a small moment where it shows where like he's coming down with a broken microwave that his like dumb kid broke and he when he comes down to the basement he sees that all of his like all the starman stuff was open and he still takes the time to gently place this broken microwave on the counter and just turns to all of his open personal stuff and is just like oh shucks oh dang yeah (laughs) that type of stepdad he figures out what happens pretty pretty like his stepdaughter has the fucking like one of the biggest weapons on the planet and he's like oh crap (laughs) (laughs) well what luckily like even though it has a mind of its own and it does its own thing she's dumb because she uses the first thing she does is use it to pop tires which she could have just done with her hands you did not be this giant glowing stick yeah she just deflated him she didn't even pop him she has this like pointy staff and she's like i'm just gonna deflate it Fuck that though. If your dad was a Jedi and you have a little bit of the Force, you're not fighting crime. You're you're <laughs> moving true. sodas closer to you by using the Force. <laughs> and I, I like, and I'm sure we're gonna watch her arc. But I like that she is kind of an asshole for asshole's sake. Mm-hmm. Like she's not a character I want to root for, but I do want to watch her. Can we talk about that a little bit though? Sure. This is yet another story of someone, of uh, a white person who is not earning their role but is given their role because their parents had the role and the bloodlines continue. They did nothing to deserve it. They just get to have it because they were white and their parents were white. What I'm hoping for, because she does jump, not barely knowing who superheroes are, just like, oh, my dad let me down every year because he was saving the world. I think her dad's going to be one of the people in the Injustice League. Oh, like, Joel McHale? Because for them to... Yeah. For them to jump up and say she automatically thinks Joel McHale is her dad, I think it means it has to be like Solomon Grundy. Okay, so not Joel McHale. Her dad is Solomon Grundy? Was <laughs> she also born on a Monday? She was born on a Monday. Uh, speaking of her, though, how do you think she does? Because we have all these well-known actors. How do you think this uh, she's doing as an actor, this Breck Bassinger? You think she's a good lead? Well, great name, first of all. Like, Yeah, yeah you're, killer name. you you got to be a celebrity now because your parents named you that shit. Uh, yeah, I agree with Mike. She's doing a good job of like sort of riding the line between uh, she's not like the pure, boring uh, teenage heroine that we typically get, but she's also not the mean girl cunts that she goes to school with. You know, mm-hmm. she she does ride that line, so I do appreciate that. And also, she, I guess she's a Disney actress. She oh, okay. she yeah. she has she has some IMDb. I looked it up, not for her age, but just to see what her uh, career was before this. And <laughs> I just threw that out there. Uh, yeah, I think that j- not finding like Ruby Rose did not have a lot of experience before she was cast in that role. You know, I I hate to keep shitting on her, but uh, just to be used to teenage comedy and drama, I think helps a lot. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you got such a fun little staff that is your sidekick now. Like she plays with the little staff so well. I love it. Um, you guys, we could talk about this forever. We are getting low on time, so I want to get everyone's moment of the week. Mike, what is your moment of the week? I have three. Uh, the, the, <laughs> they're trying to show that Blue, F- Blue Valley, Nebraska is like 
old town and timeless and friendly. But how they do is when the family's walking through for the first time, there's a guy waving, not at them. He's just waving at the side of his car at the whole neighborhood. <laughs> and I've been thinking of him ever since. For anybody who might come by, he's ready to greet. Uh, the second is in the very beginning, Starman, as Joe McHale, is uh, dying. This is, this is the moment, staff. right? Yeah, he's taking care of the staff. Please find someone. And, and Luke Wilson's like, I- I'll try to be the next great Starman. And him saying, not you. is his dying words. You, before I die, you have to promise that it will not be you and someone that is not you. He says it like three times. He really brings it home. He's like, I need you. This is dire. It is not you. Uh, and then my third one is uh, Courtney and Luke Wilson are bonding. And she doesn't know what sidekicks are. But then as she describes it, she definitely knows what sidekicks are. Yeah. Even though she'd never heard of it. She's like, oh, so you're just like his little assistant. He's like, no. She's like, no, you're his piece of shit assistant. <laughs> I mean, I do I do see how it's an honor, right? Like, yeah. To help fight crime in whatever way you can. But he's like, no, I wasn't. I like, I got his uniform ready. That's not... I took care of his car and I cleaned his uniform. Like, <laughs> this is poor, this poor little stepdad, optimistic little guy. Uh, Ryan, what about you? What is the moment of the week? My moment of the week is uh, me coming to the realization that like, I, there's so much coincidence that I can take in these shows where uh, they moved to this city and uh, Star Man's daughter picked a fight with Brainwave's son. And that's what like re-kicks off this. That's, that all makes sense. But the, yeah. the coincidence that Starman's sidekick married Starman's <laughs> wife, that is... That's why I don't think they are connected at all. Okay. That she is not Starman's daughter. Because that's too fucking creepy. He would have met her. He would have met Amy Smart. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think that he was as, as much friends with Sylvester Pemberton as he was with Starman? Well, it's also, he said Starman's real name. And she's like, no, my dad's name was Sylvester Pemberton. Like, unless he has triple secret identity. I think it's all, I think we're all supposed to think it's Starman. And she's going to find out in the season finale that she is Brainwave's other daughter. I wouldn't pass an actor like Luke Wilson to be able to pull that off. Am I wrong in my, like, Ben Affleck level love of this actor for years no, and years and years? He's okay. He's great. No, you are completely right in that. And it's valid. Uh, my moment of the week is there was when Courtney is packing up and getting ready to, she's packing up her room and getting ready to say goodbye. They put in an acoustic version of Umbop. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, that was the most unreal thing I've ever witnessed. And I loved every moment of it. And that is my moment of the week. There was a million needle drops in this episode, which I think is pretty typical of a CW pilot. But that one was the best. But the other one I liked was in the beginning, they had a song that sounded like uh, I want to say Darlene loves uh, the snow's coming down. You know the Christmas song, but oh. they changed they changed all the lyrics to like your dad's not around Christmas. You're Christmas. so alone. Christmas. Yes, every every aspect of it is so good. You should be watching it. You can watch it Mondays on the DCU or Tuesdays on the CW with a little bit cut down. And that is it for the pool list. We've done it all. Those are all the shows we watched. So, Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Yeah, uh, of course. You should go to yourpopfilter.com where uh, everything we do lives. Uh, If you want to help us out, not just by consuming what we make, but monetarily, you should go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Uh, Pick a tier, get some extra tent, and help us out. And Ryan, in your best customer service voice, just like Mike, can you tell us about the other shows on the network? Well, hello there. Thank you for calling. Uh, I do want to point out a couple of great opportunities that you have before I, uh, I let you go. Uh, one, you can listen to Superhero Show Show. Uh, it sounds a lot like what you've been listening to so far today. Right uh, 
Also, there's movie of the year where we uh, where they. I'm so sorry. I, I I'm such a big fan that sometimes I think I'm on the show. Like they're my for actual friends. Movie of the year goes through and uh, picks each greatest movie of each greatest year. What is the best year and what? Why did they have movies? And then also the OCD just wrapped up and its first hundred episodes. Listen to them all. And if you have proof of purchases for every uh, each episode of the hundred, you win a prize. Thank you for I- calling. Good night. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your time. I am done with you. You can clock out right now. I figured uh, that'd be it. Yeah, that, that's it for that. Uh, Mike, can you tell us about social media? At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram, end of list. That's it. Follow us. That's all of it. Ryan and Ryan, my friend. What about an email? How else can people get in contact with us? Contact at yourpopfilter.com. Uh, we're doing it like every other week now because we don't have a lot of shows. So email us. You will get your email read. Maybe. We have a lot. But uh, we're doing it often. So email us, give us little nicknames, and ask us a question about TV, superheroes, or most appropriately, superhero TV. That's right. We will accept both. And be sure to tune in for next week because we got another big show. It's going to be a good one. We are covering the finale, the final season premiere of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Also, (gasps) yeah. Yeah, My week just got so much fucking better. I'm (laughs) pumped. If you are just as excited as Mike, just you wait, because we also, we're going to cover the first part of the two-part finale for Vagrant Queen, and all of our favorite legends are getting sent into different TV shows, so it's a big week. Can't wait. Be sure to tune in for that. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Greg. For me, I'm Greg. And for the world, I am Greg and Ryan. Bye. Bye.